0: What's going on, guys? Welcome back to this week's episode of Outside the Arena with Rob and Griff. I'm Griffin Senek, joined by my co-host Rob Goldberger. And we're back once again, another week in sports. Uh, A very fun time to be a sports fan. March Madness. Uh, We're down to the final two teams, the Kansas Jayhawks and the North Carolina Tar Heels. I believe uh, the Tar Heels are the lowest ever seed at number eight uh, to be in the finals in the NCAA tournament, I believe.
1: Um, Kentucky, like a few years ago, I believe played UConn in the national championship game, I think like 2014 and they were in eight and they were lower. I think I they were all in that's
0: a, that UNC was the lowest, maybe it was the second lowest though, regardless a very, very memorable run for, for both teams. So we're going to talk about uh, the recent few games. I don't think we've, we've even touched on the elite eight uh, too much. So maybe we'll go back, but I mean, that's so far at this point, probably not. And then we're going to roll out our, uh, our third mock draft. So obviously the NFL draft is a, uh, weeks away at this point so we're going to be doing more and more mock drafts uh probably close to every week maybe we'll take one week off but um i'd say most weeks until the nfl draft we'll do mock drafts so we'll do our third mock drafts today and then uh mlb opening day is on thursday this week obviously some bad news for my mets this week jake the is probably going to be out two two and a half months or so um you know it, it seems like you know it's going to be one of those years with injuries with the short and spring training. I mean, a lot of pitchers are, are going down. I know Wheeler's banged up right now. Lance Lynn is, is hurt. Luke Jackson of the Braves is going to be out for the season. So we'll see. But uh, we'll talk some MLB, maybe make our, uh, our division predictions for that, maybe talk some uh, award predictions too. But we are going to start today off by talking about March Madness. Um, and I mean... I think we'll just touch on the uh, the final four. I mean, it was sad to see Saint Peter's come to an end. And that game, though, was uh, not competitive, and neither was the Kansas Miami. I mean, the Kansas Miami game. I guess the first half was close, and then you know, Kansas blew them out of the ran them out of the gym. But Kansas Villanova, we'll start with, and uh, I mean, Villanova, obviously, you know, playing a bit, you know, without a man, they obviously suffered a, a key key injury. I'm honestly forgetting his name right now. Dustin, uh, yeah, Dustin Moore. Yeah, at the end of uh, at the end of their win against was it Houston? I believe yeah, they played. Yeah. yeah. So I mean that, that that didn't help. But Kansas, I mean Kansas is just an elite team. David McCormack, Ochai
1: uh, Abasi.
0: Okay, I, I didn't bosh someone too bad. I mean, good games for them. Remy Martin, who's played really well in the tournament, really uh, not didn't do too much here. But I mean, they didn't need help. Kansas was winning this game early and then they were in control for almost the entirety of this. game. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And a I dominant think,
0: performance from them.
1: Yeah. I think Villanova just dug themselves to be hole to start because after that kind of opening, you know, they were really competitive. They got it down to six at one point in the second half late. And it looked like they even maybe were going to come all the way back, but Kansas just has too many elite guys. And at the end of the day, you can't dig yourself in a hole like that against a team like that. And I think that's, you know, at any level of the sport, that's the, that's the case. And uh, I, you know, Nova wasn't a deep team all year. And a lot of guys, a lot of guys questions, Right to Jay, right. Why guys, more guys weren't off the bench or playing. And I think Brian Antoine was just not up to the task. Obviously they had a guy on their uh, bench during Longino. Gino, he was hurt. Um, and he, he, he hasn't played the whole tournament. He probably would have slotted in there instead of Brian Antoine, but uh, yeah, Brian Antoine was just, he was not good enough yesterday, uh, especially to, to replace like Justin Moore and Eric Dixon. I expected a, a little bit of a better performance from him. I, I mean, he was dominated in the paint from the start from start to finish. I mean, that was really the difference in the game uh, when McCormick went out Nova was really able to get back into it. And uh, Kansas just put on a three, had just had a three point barrage earlier. I mean, they could not miss in the first half and it's, I mean, uh, uh, the, I think Nova, despite being short handed, actually didn't even put up that bad of a performance like a performance like Kansas you almost never like Villanova had like 1.2 points per possession and that's essentially like that'll win you 95 percent of games in college basketball but Kansas had like 1.92 or something like that and the way that they shot the ball in the second half was just unbelievable in the first half was just unreal I mean the I think any team in the country could have played Kansas in that form and they wouldn't have, you know, they would, they wouldn't beat them. So.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, Kansas is just, a, I mean, they're a, a deep team and, and look, I mean, when, you know, this tournament's crazy things happen to these one seeds, but I mean, the, the elite of the elite teams, when they're playing good, they, they really tend to win these tournaments. I mean, UNC though, a heck of a team. And, and I mean, they really found their groove, you know, mid-season on, and, and from there on out, I mean, they've played like a one or a two-season. I mean, they're beating, you know, they've, they've beaten, obviously, Baylor. They beat Duke uh, at the end of the regular season. They beat Duke again, obviously. I mean, this team is just rolling through teams. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Kansas, like you said, I mean, this team just, right off the bat, was just way ahead in this game. I mean, 54% from three. I mean, they both made the same amount of threes, but, I mean, the, just the difference in shots. Kansas shot 53% from the field. Villanova uh, 38% only got to the line, uh, even twenty-four from times.
1: Unbelievable. I mean, it's
0: Kansas was just so efficient. Um, uh, I mean, they're just such a good team, a lot of good players on this team. I mean, Remy Martin, who's been one of the better players in some of these games, I mean, he had three points and he didn't have to do anything and they won by 16. I mean, it really shows how, how deep of a team this team is. They've got so many guys who can step up and make plays, uh, Jalen Wilson, you know, you look at the stat sheet overall strong performance. I mean, a really strong performance. And for Villanova, I mean, this is a good team. Um, I never thought this team was probably going to end up winning the tournament. I think it was a team that, you know, was strong. They're, you know, very dominant. They had a, they had a great season, but um, you know, I, I just don't think like you mentioned, I mean, they're they're only running a six man rotation right now. And and it's hard to do that when, you know, some of your guys, if a few of your guys don't show up then the pressures on all these guys, um, you know, it's tough, but uh, at the end of the day, Good performance from Kansas. I'm very excited to see uh, them versus UNC. Um, and, I mean, the UNC-Duke game, we'll just go to that. I don't know. I, I think the uh, the women's thing is going on right now, and, and Carolina is just blowing UConn out. I mean, I, so they've run four quarters for women's. That's very interesting, actually. I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, four temp for for uh, yeah. Very interesting.
0: Uh, but, yeah, UNC-Duke, I mean, this was a battle for the ages Man, this UNC team is something. I mean, UNC really is running a fight. They they put their starters in there, and that's about it. I mean, it's pretty incredible. I mean, they really don't play anyone else. Armando Bacot, I mean, I gave this guy so much trouble at the beginning of this tournament. I mean, he is, he's is he been one of the best players in the tournament. And, and, I mean, he's the best rebounder in the tournament. This guy's a, a machine. His free throw shooting's improved a little bit to my liking, which, you know, I, I know Armando's probably watching. So, I know he, uh, you know... Hit the gym after I was I was yeah. on him, but
1: uh, he got uh, got right got right to the gym and shot the three first.
0: Yep, I mean Caleb Love. I mean this guy. I mean I know some people, I have some friends who have problems with him because he shoots so many shots. But I mean this guy just hits shots. He is such a clutch player. Hell this yeah. guy is a true stud, man. At the end of the day, and and North Carolina, I mean this team, uh, so good. So I mean, at the end of the day, this is yeah, this this is the reason Duke lost here for me. Yeah. Three-pointers and free-throws. The fact that they only lost by four shooting like that, it's pretty, pretty well, impressive, Well, Their free-throw
1: shooting at the end of the game was terrible. It wasn't good enough. Simple as, it wasn't good enough. UNC hit their free-throws at the end of the game and Duke didn't. And that's so often the story in college basketball. But, I mean, Duke, uh, you know, but North Carolina forever one-up Duke. Can't get a, you know, I don't think Duke can ever really recover from this. And, uh, look, I'm happy UNC won, I got to be honest. I'm I'm kind of a coach K ducator if I'm going to be honest here, but uh it, it was a great game. I was expecting a great game. We got one. Uh and listen, this UNC team I give Puff Johnson his credit because he came in cold and nailed two tough free throws after Armando Baycott was hurt a little bit for a little bit in the second half and like you said Baycott really came back even though he fouled out, but Puff Johnson nailed those two clutch through throws. And I mean, Caleb love just took over this game at a certain point. Um it, He shoots the ball up, but you know, he also makes a lot of shots. So yeah. look, that's, this is the story of college basketball, having a tough shot maker and you know, UNC has th- has three of them and they shoot the three so much. I mean, they just like rain threes. They don't care if they're missing them, and that's their philosophy. And if they'll, they'll live by the three and die by the three. And I think, like you said, the disparity in three-point shooting was, was, was large, but yeah. listen, disappointing for Duke, but you know, it's so hard to win with that many freshmen in the tournament. It really is. I mean, Paulo Boncaro, I think was, was probably the, be- the, the, most complete, the best player on the floor, uh, but maybe besides Caleb Love, but definitely on the Duke side of the ball. And he just, you know, it's just so hard to win with freshmen in the tournament. Um, and look, they The, the Biggs got into foul trouble early. Armando Baycott, they really could not deal with Armando Baycott early. I mean, he got both of those guys, you know, they had five fouls between them 10 minutes into the game. Um, And that was huge. Uh, And that's why, you know, you got a little more of an experienced guy who's 20, 21 versus Mark Williams, who's, you know, 18, 19. Uh, that, that, that's sort of what can happen. I mean, but great win for UNC. I mean, I think we're going to get an all-timer on Monday night. I mean, I think both of these teams are – well, obviously, since the since the tournament, since the, the championship game, I mean, both these teams are scorching on. I mean, there's just a lot of NBA talent on the floor. But I, I, can, can we go with our predictions now? Are Irea, uh, I want to. I
0: want to just touch on a
1: few, yeah, sure, few, sure, one sure. or
0: two sure. things, and then we can go into. It. I mean, this, like you said, I mean, this UNC team, and and that's the thing about Duke basketball. It's like these Duke teams often really have majority freshmen and. A good amount of years UNC too, but recently, I mean, UNC's had a few down years recently. Obviously Duke last year too, but, I mean, Duke was always getting these top recruits that are just, you know, one and done. I mean, we've seen yeah, this the so many time, years. You, obviously the, last, the Zion year, you had three freshmen. I mean, you have these guys, Trey Jones, who stayed a few years, Grayson Allen played a lot of years. So you have some of these guys that become staples of the program? But, I mean, like you said, I mean, they've got, you know, you look at the list, I mean, Palo,
1: yeah, almost all Palo,
0: freshmen. Wendell Moore, A.J. Griffin. I mean, these are all guys that are, you know, they're just fleeing after a year. So um, you know, North Carolina, they've built, I mean, Brady Manic, this guy's gone through a full, you know, evolution. Uh, he's like a Pokemon throughout his college experience. I mean, it's pretty funny to see the uh Oklahoma before pictures and then where he's at now looking like. Uh funny guy. I stumbled upon his TikTok actually today on my for you page. He's got some funny content <laughs> on there. Um, check him out. But uh, I mean, he has been incredible in this tournament. Baker, like you said, I mean, this guy's a stud. Leaky black, such an elite defender. Caleb Love and, and R.J. Davis are just – I mean, this this UNC team, and this is where it's so interesting, I mean, it's that starting five, as long as they're in the game, it's tough to beat them. But the thing is, I mean, Puff Johnson obviously came in and was huge, but we saw against that – Baylor in that Baylor game, once one of those five go out, it's a lot different of a team. You can start to kind of, you know, figure things out, get them in sticky situations, and Baylor almost really did. I mean, they came back from 25 down. They almost won that game.
1: Well, I mean, there's – I mean I – mean- Brady, man. I mean, there's a reason they came back down. No, though. but
0: I, 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 understand. But that's what I'm saying. That's my point. Like once you, one of these five, these right. five guys, I mean, if they're in there, it, it, everything's going good. But as soon as one of those guys goes out, it's a completely different situation. Obviously, they were able to hold down when Baker was out. But um, I mean, it, that's I mean that's the key for Kansas. You just got to get them in foul trouble early because this team, it, it's not one that likes to put a lot of guys in there. And I mean, none of these college teams in the tournament really do. But I mean they really are, are are intending to play their starters the entire time. Whereas Kansas, you know, they've got Remy Martin off the bench, they've got other guys. So um, you know, with that, um, let me pull up the uh UNC Kansas. Tomorrow night, nine twenty PM. That's a frustrating start time on the East Coast, honestly. I wish it was a little earlier. Why couldn't they do eight or, or seven thirty even? But uh nine twenty start, North Carolina, Kansas. What do you think, Rob? What do you got winning?
1: I'm gonna go with Kansas Jayhawks here. Uh I think they're the best team in the country. I think they've definitely had the easiest path, maybe in final in championship history to get to this game. I mean,
0: yeah. who have they played? Villanova,
1: Villanova, Creighton, Providence, Miami. I'm not really moved, but I'm Is still.
0: That... <laughs> That's yeah. A little underwhelming.
1: Yeah. I mean, the best team they beaten was Villanova without probably their second best player. So. I'm not uh, you know they they, have, they don't really have that many impressive Well, wins, it's but, a real
0: challenge they got on their hands. This will be the toughest uh, yeah, for, the best team sure. they played for sure.
1: Kansas, you know, they beat the best teams all regular season. They I think they really were the best team in the country almost the entire regular season from start to finish. This is a team. They had a little slip up at the end but you know, this is a team that is unreal. They dominated the Big 12 tournament. They are truly the hottest team in the country. They have something like 12 wins in a row at this point. I mean, I think like Kansas like, we talk about the NBA guys on UNC's team, but like, Kansas has like a lot of. I mean, Ojay Abaji is like, he might, he's the X factor because if he plays like he did against Nova, uh, you're going to see, uh, you know, I think a Kansas blowout here. He, he couldn't miss from three, shot six or six from three. You know, I think, uh, you know, I, this is going to be a close game. I think both of these teams are early. I think Kansas is just too good i think they've been so consistent all year and i think you know kansas really has got to get this one because i don't know if you know this griff but they have five pending level one violations about to be levied against them for the basketball program so they're about to lose their postseason eligibility at some point in the near future so i'm sure they're going to be going for this one pretty hard Um, oh so they're not
0: gonna be able to play in the tournament
1: i think i think think they're waiting to decide like their punishment or like if they're gonna you know internally punish them but i think Kansas, they've been the best team all year from start to finish. They've been the most consistent team all year from start to finish, besides Gonzaga, but, you know, we know what happened to them. So I'm going to go with Carolina here. Uh, or I'm going to go with Kansas here over Carolina, over a really good Carolina team. I think the depth is going to, you know, I think the, the lack of depth is going to come to bite Carolina against the best team they've played all year. Uh, and I think Kansas has the experience, at, you know, plus the talent rather than maybe the talent, or the talent experience and the depth rather than, you know, maybe two of those three components. So I'm going to go with Kansas here.
0: It's a really tough one, honestly, to pick. I mean, uh, I mean, this UNC team, you know, you, you the key is that, you know, like you said, their depth, I mean, you've got to stay out of foul trouble. If this team can stay out of foul trouble and have those five guys on the floor, it's yeah. a whole game. It's going to be tough to beat those five guys. But I mean, this is a really tough one for me. I, I mean, in this tournament, you look at Kansas, they really haven't had a struggle, which is why I think it's very interesting. I mean, they're beating, you know, they haven't had a tough path, but they've handled their competition pretty well. I mean, I think their closest game was, I believe, Creighton, if I'm not mistaken. I believe it was their, their they had kind of struggled with that one for a little bit. But, um, I mean, UNC, I mean, they've beaten, they started off the tournament, I think they played Marquette, I believe, and they went to Baylor, obviously. Um yeah, they they beat
1: Marquette by. They, I mean, they uh, did they, they beat did UCLA?
0: It. Is that yeah? They, they did. Next?
1: They, they did. They did.
0: They beat UCLA, St. Peter's, and then they beat Duke. I mean, definitely. I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna go with UNC. Um, I I need Kansas to win, so I I make money. But I I really do believe North Carolina is gonna win this game. I think that the way they're playing right now, they're beating good teams. They've just I think they're more battle-tested. and I think that's – that in this tournament, that's what you need. You need to have games against these tough opponents where I think Kansas – I mean, I think they're a great team, but I think this is – I think everyone's going to agree this is going to be a close game. I mean, North Carolina has, has really – I mean, they've blown most of their teams out that they've played in this tournament, if we're being honest. I mean, that Baylor game was close, but they were winning by 25 was, when Brady Manick was in there. I mean, their last they were – re- I guess the, the, the Duke game was
1: close. The Duke game State was Peters. close and, and the UCLA game was close.
0: That's true. But I mean, North Carolina, I mean, they, they almost blew Baylor, St. Peter's, obviously. I mean, who knows? But I, I mean, I think this team is they've won close games. And, and I guess that's what I'm trying to say. And I'm botching it is that this team's played in close games. They've played competitive games, you know, in this tournament. And, and Kansas hasn't. And, and I'm not saying Kansas can't win close games. Obviously, this team, I agree with you. They're probably the best team in the country. But I think UNC's just got that edge right now. I think they've got the momentum. I think the way those guards are playing, Caleb Bob's playing, he's just playing unreal. I just think it's going to be hard to stop them. I think Kansas, I mean, I, I just think North Carolina has more X factors. And I think as long as Baycott's playing and, and is healthy and is able to right. play most of the game, they'll be they'll win this game. And, but if Baycott, or whatever, I, I, Baycott, Bacot, whatever you want to call Bay-Kot, it. Bacot, 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 Jesus. Um, if Baycott you know, it's hurt or he only plays 20 minutes, the Kansas Jayhawks will yeah. win this game. Convincingly. Uh, de- I mean, it, de- that's the
1: whole reason. I'm definitely interested to see the status of that big, hot a- ankle for sure. Cause we know, he's I mean, not- he's
0: going to, we know he's going to play. We know he's going to play, not gonna but, but yes. Yeah. What, how much can he play? How, what level will he be playing at? It's a big if. And I, I mean, he did come back into the Duke game, which I think makes me feel all right about it. And you know, he was okay while he was in there. So yeah, I'm going to go UNC. I think they got the momentum.
1: Uh, isn't it crazy that Kentucky like went into Kansas and beat them by like twenty five somehow, and they lost to St. Peter's? How does that I mean, happen? St. Peter's,
0: St. Peter's, man, that was a. It was a, they played
1: Kentucky, well, man. Kentucky, man, like uh, Kentucky. Were, I mean, I, I know this, you know, we're rehashing this, but I cannot believe they lost. That team had so much talent. I mean, th- this is a team. That's a team who really, really probably should have won the won the entire thing this year. They really did. They the national. <laughs> well, you can't say that they would have
0: lost to St. Peter's. So I mean, I know.
1: <laughs> They lost to St. Peter's. That's the magic of the that tournament. That's point. St. Peter's Listen, is feisty, man. They are. They're good. They're good. They're certainly good. Very
0: good. All right. With that, we're going to shift to uh, our mock draft. I'll pull mine up. I can start. Um, next of that. You can see my, uh, my mock draft here?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: All right. So we'll do the format that we've been doing. Um, I'll start with five, then Rob will give, you know, his first five then his next five. And, you know, we'll figure it all out. Uh, so this is my mock draft 3.0. Um, why is, okay, there we go. Jacksonville first pick of the day. And I'm going to be honest. My first five is the exact same as last week. I got Aiden Hutchinson. Why is it not? Come on, There we go. Aiden Hutchinson going number one overall. I think that's consensus. I'm not even going to get into that. Uh, Trayvon Walker at number two I think Lions are going to want a defensive end I think they just need an edge rusher at this point they might trade out of this pick I really don't see them going with Malik Willis or or Kenny Pickett or or Matt Corral or anyone of that nature here I think Trayvon Walker's stock at this point is through the roof so I'm going to pick Trayvon Walker Lions um geez. number three uh Ikemi I think he's the best tackle in the draft at this point I think Houston uh needs to upgrade that offensive line just to start I mean I mean this team is not there yet. Obviously, there's still a bit of ways from contending. So I think this is just a start. Build the lines first and then get your scope position players. Number four, New York Jets. Best player, I think, potentially, we've talked about in the draft, Kyle Hamilton. I know it's a safety. I know it's you know not the position you may want to pick it for, but I think this kid could could uh, revolutionize the Jets defense. I think Robert Sell, the defensive wizard he is, could really use him and and give him that X factor on the defense that they desperately need. I think this you know he could be a ty- the Tyron Matthew of the New York Jets defense, a player of that magnitude, of that skill level. And, uh, you know, like Tyron Matthew does did for the Chiefs these past few years, I mean, just changed the whole way the defense plays and really be that X factor. And then New York Giants, I think, hit a home run with Evan Neal. I think Evan Neal is a superstar. Um, big old kid from Alabama, which I think is always good. And, uh, yeah, he's going to go play right tackle opposite Andrew Thomas. And I think the New York Giants, who – I believe we'll be searching for a new quarterback next offseason. Uh, you know they'll have a, you know at least the foundation for a, a solid offensive line down the future. So yeah, that's my first five this week.
1: All right, I'm gonna share mine real okay. quick. Okay, so here I am, and I as you can see my top five laid out here. Uh, I got Hutchinson at one, like you. And you know what, Griff, I went back and forth on this pick. Um, and, you know, if we can disregard last week's mock, that was a little weird, but uh, <laughs> uh um, I got, I, I just think as the draft gets nearer and nearer, like QB teams start to convince themselves they need QBs, QBs rise. I think his stock could even rise further. And I agree with you about Trayvon Walker. I think his stock is the, through the roof, even though I don't have him in the top five here. I have him soon after, don't worry. But I, I, I think I, I really see the Lions taking Malik Wilson. I, I, I mean, there's, I think there's a high chance they won't, but I think, Teams just start to convince themselves they need quarterbacks as we get closer to the graph. and then at three, I'm going to have uh, Ikiuquan in here. I think it's that's pretty clear that that's going to be their pick if he falls to them. I think they want they they need a ta- they need that franchise tackle. I think he's going to be the guy uh, at, at three, and then I think I, I I do have an addition to the secondary, just like you do, Griff. But I have a bit a little bit of a different one. I I have a Gardner here. I think you know whether it's Gardner or Hamilton, the Jeffs, the Je- that Jets pick really can't you know, they can't go wrong with that. Uh, I I I mean, I love that pick either way. I think you probably feel the same, the same way. I think it, it, you know, do I think Hamilton is probably the better prospect? Yes. But I think that, that, you know, there's that fear of him, that, that Isaiah Simmons thing where nobody's really able to properly integrate him into their defense. Um, And so I I, I think there's, you know, a big shot that the Jets just went that sure thing in that lockdown corner. Uh, And, and I'm going to go with the Gardner here. And I think, Uh, Like you said, total home run for the Giants here. If this doesn't, they which I think is looking likely at this point. Uh, Evan Neal, uh, like you said, I like how you put it. Big guy from Alabama usually bodes well uh, in in the NFL. Except Uh, for Alex
0: Leatherwood, that did not. Except for Alex, but he went way,
1: way too high, way too high. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, Evan Neal here uh, for me. Um, And at six, sort of for the same reasoning that uh, I have Malik Willis at two. I think the Panthers. I think Matt Rule, especially, I talked about it earlier. I think Matt Rule knows he sort of needs this season. And I'm not I'm not sure he's gonna be able to trust himself to start uh Sam Darnold out there and you know, maybe a job you know, a job, maybe career in the NFL saving season. Uh and I think he's he'd even rather rather go with a rookie for that than than a guy who, you know, I know he used to be a fangriff, but I think a guy who's who, who just has proved that he doesn't have it, you know, what it takes to be a Sam top
0: Darnold 15.
1: Yeah, Sam Darnold. Yeah, he's awful. He sucks. I believe. Like, Yeah. Would you... Sorry, you just, froze. you just froze.
0: Am I good now? Is it good now? Can you hear me?
1: Sorry, uh, you froze. I got he sucked. No, no, oh. he froze. I got he Can sucked. Can you hear me now?
0: Is it good yeah, now? Yeah, yeah, you're all good. Okay. Now. Yeah, I said he sucks. He's, he's nothing again.
1: Yeah, no, definitely not a guy who's showing what it takes to leave the team And here is where I have a Toronto Walker for the New York Giants. I think this is an absolute home run. For for the Giants here, getting these guys at five and seven, I think, you know, his his stock is through the roof, and I think top seven. I think, you know, I think the, if these other teams wanted edge rushers, he'd be going higher here. And I think, but uh, I think behind Hutchinson, he's going to be the number two edge rusher taken in the draft. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, but I think it, this is more about the picks for the other teams than it is you know, an indictment on Trevon Walker who could very well go at number two. And I think that's the spot he's going to go if the Lions decide not to hop for a quarterback or trade out of that pick. So I'm going to yeah. go with Trevon Walker at seven here. Um, and then I think the Falcons need a wide receiver. So I think Garrett Wilson, I think has sort of. staked out his claim as I've seen a lot of Garrett Wilson Falcons connections recently, and I think he's going to be the guy that they go for at eight. Uh, I mean, osu sort of becoming wide receiver you over there a little bit uh yeah know, scary terry uh a couple other guys uh curtis Sanders. smith and jigma
0: next year too he's gonna be yeah
1: good. yeah yeah he's a great 13 and they got more too they got 13, 337 and three touchdowns in that rose bowl that's pretty crazy
0: I'm scared for when they play northwestern next year that's gonna be it's gonna be a nightmare
1: <laughs> Oh man yeah jesus you, you, your heart's gonna be torn
0: I mean, I'll, i mean, it's gonna be a blowout. Let's. We'll be honest here. Yeah, Northwestern's I mean, not, gonna, not gonna. I was gonna say that.
1: might have a better shot in basketball, but probably, probably not even. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So, all right, we'll go with number nine. I think there's a good shot. See, I, I mean, I think the Seahawks are just gonna try to rebuild, and I think they might just take what, what's probably. What, you know, I think they're gonna try to build through the trenches here, and I think Charles Cross will be the guy. In nine, I think you know, these three offensive tackles, none of them are getting out of the top 10, such an important, I, I mean, I think it's such an important position. Uh, I, like, obviously, like, I, I don't mean to state the obvious, but it's, you know, maybe the most, second most important position in football. And I think, you know, if the Seahawks really want to see what Drew Locke has, which is is increasingly looking like the plan increasingly, I mean, we'll see. We'll see if they end up making a move for, for, for one of the quarterbacks out there, whether that be in the draft or maybe, you know, Baker Mayfield, who seems to be, not too happy that he's stuck in Cleveland right now. We don't know what's going. That that situation is kind of kind of crazy out there too. So uh, I'll, I'll go with Charles Cross here, and then I think the Jets are going to go with the wide receiver here. I think I, I had it last week too, I believe, or maybe I had him going to the Giants. But I I, I think Drake London is going to be the pick here uh, for the Jets, and I think it's a great pick for the Jets. I think he's going to be. I think he's an NFL wide. You know, going to be a really good NFL wide receiver. He's got the traits. I think. You know, let's see what Zach Wilson's got. Clearly, I I yeah. like, I think this is just a pick to help Zach Wilson out. And, I, you know, they're just going to – they need him. Uh, yeah. They need a weapon for him out there to see what he's like. So, yeah.
0: Definitely. All right. I'm going to radio Pull mine up.
1: You all good on the other? Yeah.
0: I got everything. All right. Um, Very interesting. Um, Carolina at number six. I, for the past few weeks here, have gone offensive tackle. Last week here I had Charles Cross. I'm caving in this week, and I'm going for a quarterback for Carolina. I think they need a quarterback. I, I agree with you. I think Sam Darnold's just not the guy. I think if Evan Neal or the Quanu fell here, I think that would be their pick. I don't think they pass up on one of those two guys. But I do believe those two guys are in a different tier than the Charles Crosses, the Trevor Penning, the Bernard Ryman's of the world. Right. Um, so I'm going to go Malik Willis. I think it's a good pick here for Carolina. And my next pick, I have a trade. I think Seattle here is going to move up two spots with the new york giants and i think they're gonna go with kenny pickett the quarterback okay. of pittsburgh here i think seattle at the end of the day i mean we've heard so many rumors about seattle what they're planning to do i think honestly i think dk metcalf is probably going to end up getting traded uh, i just i mean i just see it being likely i think the seattle team's in a total rebuild and you know drew Locke. I, I i hate to say it but i don't think he's the guy at the end of the day i mean i think it could be uh you know, if you draft Pickett here as the franchise guy and Drew Locke truly finds his, his superstardom and beats him out, you're not going to be too upset with yourself. But I think uh, the Seahawks here will move up two slots. Probably not going to cost them the end of the world, too, which is also why I like it for them, because at the end of the day, you're probably not going to, you know, you'll give up something, but you're not going to get the whole nother first to get this guy. Um, you're just moving up a few slots. So I think they get Kenny Pickett, um, who I think, uh, you know, a lot of scouts seem to like, and I agree. I think, you know, it's a quarterback's league. I don't think these top quarterbacks this year are, are like quarterbacks from past years but uh, at the end of the day some of these guys have got to go early on uh, number eight I'm sticking with my pick same thing as you Garrett Wilson the, to the uh, Atlanta Falcons I think this kid's the best receiver in the draft I think you know Drake London's had some hype and whatnot obviously you've got Chris Olave Traylon Burks is you know at his moments Jameson Williams obviously was seemed like a, the consensus number one before he tore his ACL but I think Garrett Wilson's I mean I think this kid's just a superstar at the end of the day he's a playmaker he, He's played in the big stage. He he makes the best plays in the game. I mean, this kid is a is a stud. I think Atlanta gets a home run here. They they get their number one for Marcus Mariota for a team that's going to be extremely bad. Really may win like three or four games next season. But I mean, having him and Kyle Pitts as your two future weapons. I mean, the way they're rebuilding, it's kind of the reverse of what they say. You, you usually want to get the uh, the O line and D line sorted out and then move to the skill positions. But Garrett Wilson and Kyle Pitts. I mean, these could be two Hall of Fame type players at at each of their respective positions so can't go wrong and then at number nine uh New York Giants via Seattle I should put um I have a bit of an interesting pick here um Kayvon Thibodeau is on the board here um I was very tempted to go him but I think this team has a desperate need at defensive tackle and I think they're going to ultimately pick Jordan Davis the defensive tackle out of Georgia here um I know it's probably a little early for Davis but I mean I think this guy's stock is also through the roof, as long along with all his Georgia teammates, to be honest. I mean, all of these guys, Wyatt as well, have just blown up out of proportion. I think Jordan Davis is a stud, and I think for the Giants, I mean, if you can land Evan Neal and Jordan Davis, two of the best players uh, from the SEC, I mean, whew, man, that is uh, two scary additions, and I think that's what this team needs uh, right now, to be honest. Just, you know, if quarterback doesn't work out, you're just building the lines, and I think this could be a great pick. I think this, you know, I think Jordan Davis could really be a superstar for – for New York, and I mean their D line, then would be they'd have Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams. Really, would be it? Really, would be solid. So I like Jordan Davis, the Giants. Um, New York Jets pick. I agree with you. I got Drake London here. Um, I think Drake London is probably you know top two receiver. Um, I think he's a, a stud, and I think he, like you said, I mean Zach Wilson needs some weapons at this point. They need to give him you know that guy. I know they're intrigued by DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, guys like that. Um, I think the Jets desperately want a number one receiver. Um, but I think they'll go Drake London. I mean, regardless, I think this is a good move because at the end of the day, I think Corey Davis is a guy who's probably going to get released after a year or two more. Um, so, you know, it's still, I think Drake London could really sign as a number two alongside someone like a DK Metcalf and AJ Brown, someone like that. Um, and then moving on to number 11, Washington Commanders. I've had this pick for, I think maybe three, two, three weeks in a row, but it's sauce gardener. You know, this is probably, you know, Lower than he's going to go. I think he'll probably end up going in the top 10, but I, I just can't find a slot for him. Um, so I'm going to stick him with Washington. I think it's a great pick for them. This defense is really going to be good. Number 12, Minnesota, and I have them here drafting Kayvon Thibodeau. I mean, I've heard recent rumblings. It's not the reason I put him here, um, that you know his stock has fallen. People wouldn't be surprised that he'd fall out of the top 10. I think Thibodeau is a great player. I think easily he could be a, a top 10 pick here. I, did, you didn't have him
1: in your top 10 either, right? No, 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 I didn't yeah. so, I mean, have him at the same spot as you spoiler.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I guess, uh, you know, each week, it seems like for each of us, the video is, is starting to fall further and further. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, an underwhelming last, you know, I believe it was a junior, junior season or whatever. Um, you know, that happens. He was at one point, the consensus number one, probably heading into the, I mean, I guess people would say Spencer Rattler, but consensus number one edge rusher, that was for sure. And, uh, I have him number 12 number here, at number 12, but I think it's still a great pick for Minnesota Houston here. I'm sticking with my same pick from last week, Jermaine Johnson, this team. I mean, I think, is, like I said, last week, home run, if you can get both Johnson and uh, Iquano, I mean, that just sets you up on, on both edges of the uh, offensive and defensive line. Baltimore, I'm sticking with Tyler Landerbaum. I, I just like the pick. I think it's their weakness on their own line. They get, you know, a potential generational type center. Um, I, I think, you know, it's not a flashy pick, but I think it's a good pick. And, and lastly, Philadelphia, I'm sticking with what I'm, I, I did last week as well here, which is uh, Chris Olave. Uh, I think he is uh, – him and Devonta Smith will be uh, two legit weapons, along with Dal- Dallas Goddard, obviously, who just got a big extension. You know, Philadelphia can uh, – you know, they'll have some serious weapons at that point. And I think, you know, in allows Philadelphia here, you know, they got to stop getting cute at wide receiver as they have in, in some of the years prior. With uh likes of Jalen Rager, J.J. arcega Whiteside, and and you know they just got to take the the proven best guy on the board who's had success and and at Ohio State, what is like you said, wide receiver you slowly but surely is becoming the case. So that's my uh fifteenth right. pick.
1: Okay, so we have a lot of sorry. I shall, I'll I'll go to twenty here since I should have yeah. Me, I'm sorry about that. So I got Kyle Hamilton in eleven. Uh, here. Oh, so you,
0: I didn't even realize you had Hamilton out of the top 10. Wow.
1: So we kind of had the same thing with like Gardner and Hamilton switched to the point where like, I just think they're going to be teams in the top 10 or scared of like this Isaiah Simmons thing. Not that I agree with it. And I'm sure there might, there, there, there could definitely be a trade up here from for a team as Kyle Hamilton. But I think Washington, you know, I think, the, I think they'll be pretty happy with that. Another young addition to that great defense. And I think that, you know, they, they do need a little second, secondary help back there. For sure. I think any team will be lucky to get him. But like you said, I, I I think Thibodeau, the Vikings will feel like they've hit another home run. I mean, obviously, Justin Jefferson a couple of years ago sort of fell to them when they weren't expecting it. Uh, and Kayvon Thibodeau, I think, is the same, is sort of the same thing this year. I think this is a guy whose stock, you know, he, it's rapidly falling. And I'm just not sure I agree with it. I think, yeah. you know, this is just where my mock is, but I'm not so sure that this guy still shouldn't be a top three pick. I think this is a guy who really, is a, is a great, great like game changing player like, like in Hutchinson's tier. I think this is this just happens sometimes with players who like their stock falls and their stock rises. But like, I don't even know if I agree with you about ha- having his like disappointing junior season because I thought he was pretty good. Like, it, like yeah, I think he destroyed offensive tackles. You know, he looked good. Like, it, it, he was just hurt. I think, and I think that's what they're scoring. Like, I but I think the Vikings. Are gonna they, they need an edge here and I think they'll will be more than thrilled to come out with Kayvon Thibodeau at twelve and then I think like you said I, I have Jeremy Johnson here too as well I think this is almost really the perfect pick for the Texans building like like you said you want to build I think the best possible team that you can they 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 have a quarterback to evaluate too and you know maybe they weren't expecting that just you know david mills developing into a serious quarterback prospect you know that they're that they may need to evaluate and i think you know getting like you said building through the trenches with maybe a young quarterback is is the way that they're going to go to approach this and they need an edge rusher and if they don't go with one in the top five i think you know johnson their thibodeau if they're there is going to be definitely the pick and i have baltimore ravens going for defense here i have you know Derek. this is Derek Stingley Jr. sort of seems like mid-teens is going to end up being the landing spot for him at this point. You know, his draft stock fluctuated greatly. At one point, you know, you could even see him making as low as the early, you know, as low as the early 20s. But I think it sort of rebounded back to that, you know, high mid-teens or low-mid-teens area. And I think Ravens need a corner. Uh, like they do need, you know, some offensive line help up there, but I think they need a corner as well. And I think this is another team that will be thrilled. I think Stingley, you know how I felt about Stingley throughout this whole process. I still think he's elite. I still think he's a shot, a case for CB one. And I think these are two teams, the Vikings and the Ravens that are going to be thrilled with the guys that dropped them. And I, I, I agree with you here. I think don't overthink it. They need another wide receiver. I get, you know, going wide receiver three uh, run one, three years in a row is not great process, but you know, man, I, I mean, Olave and, and, and Devontae Smith could be something serious next year. I mean, if uh, I understand, Jalen Hurts is throwing them, him the ball, but you know, I, he's good enough to at least get the ball to him, unlike some other quarterbacks. I mean, I think you know, I think Olave and uh, Smith could cause a lot of problems. And like you said, don't overthink it. Olave uh, is the best wide receiver in my opinion left on the board. He doesn't have that injury concern like Jameson Williams does, and I think you know, he's been elite for years at wide receiver you like at this point. So, yeah. Um, and then I'm going to go with Devontae Wyatt actually. And I think he might be picked ahead of Jordan Davis here just out of that fear that Jordan, as you can see, I have in my like going at the next pick. I think, you know, the chargers and the Eagles will actually be happy with either of these guys. I think they both chargers made a signing, like I mentioned on last week's podcast, but they still needed a, a you know, interior defensive line help uh, as do the Eagles greatly. They resigned Ledger Cox as well, but they still really need that, especially for the future. Uh, and I think you know the two Georgia interior defensive line guys have a shot to go with either of these picks. But as of right now, I think Devontae Wyatt's is just going to be drafted ahead of them due to the fact that I think teams are a little scared off by the fact that Jordan Davis. You know how much is Jordan Davis going to be allowed? You know, can be able to play because if this is if this is a guy who could guarantee. You know, he's going to play every impact snap this is a no doubt top five guy, but he's not, you know, he only played 340 some snaps compared to Devontae Wyatt, I think played like 600 plus. So I think, you know, it's a big difference. And I, I think that's the reason we'll go ahead and for, you know, Jordan Davis, I haven't gone to the Chargers. they will be throughout. This guy's an elite prospect. Um, I, I think obviously the biggest question is just, can he stay, you know, can he stay on the field in important moments? Can he stay on the field for three downs? And I think that's the biggest question to be answered. And if he can, this guy's going to become one of the best defensive linemen in the league very, very quickly and makes that Chargers defense much, you know, even scarier than it already is. So, uh, you know, I think for sure. And then I got the New Orleans States taking Jamison Williams here. I think they need wide receiver help. I think they can wait a year, maybe especially with Dennis, you know, I don't think they're really in win now mode, especially after, you know, really losing out on Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. Uh so I, I'm gonna go Jamison Williams here. I think he's gonna have time to recover and you know get back to his true form here. And I think it's gonna be a perfect fit uh in New Orleans there. And uh, you know, he's a deep ball guy, and you know, James is there for two for two more years, hypothetically. So even if he comes back you know, at the end of this year, I think you know you're gonna be seeing a lot of uh a lot of deep balls called. So I think this is gonna be another pick. And then I think the Eagles are gonna end up going with some secondary help. Uh the with their last pick. I think that didn't free agency for maybe a corner to play opposite Slay. Obviously, I think they, they're they not, not going to end up bringing back Steve Nelson. I think, you know, Slay's even getting up there in age a little bit. I think Trent McDuffie is going to be, they're going to bank on him to be the cornerback of the future. And I think it's going to be a good pick. They haven't, picked, you know, really prioritize that corner position uh in the first round, you know, in a while. So I think it'll be it'll be a good pick. And I'd be happy with that. And I think this is a guy who could even go in the top 15 with the way teams have been hyping up. I don't really I wouldn't really understand any teams picking him over Derek Stingley Jr., but I I could definitely see see it being possible. And I think the Steelers this is another team that's going to be really happy that a prospect fall, fell to them. And I think Trevor Penning's going to be the pick uh for the Pittsburgh Steelers at 20. I think they need a tackle. Uh and looks like their plan truly uh, although I have some different plans, I think that the, the the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to take Trevor Penning to draft a young quarterback or, or to take to, to protect a young quarterback is what I'll say. Um, mm. and, and, little uh, trade
0: up you got, cooking I, up. I,
1: I, little, little, maybe maybe cheeky little trade up later. We'll see. But uh, I, I got Trevor Penning here for right now. I think you know they're gonna, like I said, I I mean yeah, it's almost hard to evaluate these offensive tackles. You know, you take the best ones available. And, you know. I, I think Trevor Penning is, is like the, the Steelers are not going to get one of those top, I think five guys, five yeah. offensive tackles go pets, you know, without leaving the first round without one of those five guys. So yeah. I'll, I'll toss it back over to you. All
0: right. Um, we have a lot of similar, uh, type stuff. I mean, people think we, uh, we, uh,
1: we collaborated about this before. Mm-hmm.
0: We, we did not. Um, number 16, um, I agree with you. I think Philly's got to go for corner help. And I think, you know, Derek Stingley here would be, uh, yeah, be an absolute uh, delight for them to land Stingley and Um, uh, Like you said, I mean, Stingley, he's, you know, really since that freshman season, you know, it's been downhill for him. He was, you know, like you said, considered a top three prospect or so uh, for a long time. And then this year, it's just nothing that, uh, you know, it hasn't been that kind to him. So 16th overall, I mean, still he's going to get a nice signing bonus, get, get the money, but um, you know, we'll see if he can turn it around in, in the NFL. Um, number 17, I got the chargers going here and I mean a home run pick here. I think Charles cross, I mean, this was a guy who I had at six last week. I think he's probably still going to go in the top 10. I kind of just mixed it around this week for fun. Cause I, I felt like I was just going to do the same mock draft again. If I, if I didn't mix some things up. So um, I got Charles cross going here. I mean, He is a a stud tackle. I think he's going to go way before this, but I think the Chargers, I mean, pairing him with Slater, you got Lindsley on the O-line. I mean, Jesus, this team is going to be, if if Charles Cross somehow does make it to this pick, which I'd say is probably like a 5% chance, I mean, geez, that's really going to be a scary Chargers team. I mean, I really think this Chargers team could win the Super Bowl next season, uh, the way they're looking, and, and Charles Cross would just patch that right tackle slot perfectly for them, yeah. Um, so I'd go Charles Cross here. New Orleans, uh, I agree with you here. I think they're gonna go with uh, Mr. Jamison Williams. Um, uh, this week it seems like his stock is, has kind of shot back up a little bit. Um, I've heard a lot of things about him. People think he's really explosive. Obviously, we saw what he did in college. This kid was you know the number one receiver before that injury um unfortunately it happened but at the end of the day it's it's still going in the top 20 for me I think New Orleans like you said perfect spot um they're a team that they're in a really bad division but they're not going to be competing seriously next year um I think New Orleans really needs to just take a step back and and you know figure out what is what are who are the pieces on that team for the future because this year I mean they, they just lost Marcus Williams you just lost Toronto Armstead so you really are starting to lose a lot of guys and uh you know, you're still close to the Drew Brees retirement. It, it just seems like this team is, uh, there's like, they, they're not at the rebuild stage, but they really are are not going to contend seriously with this team. But I think Jamison Williams, uh, you know, could just be the explosive wide receiver of the future there. I think they need to move on from Michael Thomas as well. I mean, I don't know if it's going to happen, but we haven't seen him on the field in, you know, over a year now. So Michael Thomas, man, I mean, you just got, you got to hope that he's going to be what he, what he was when he, uh, when he was healthy in that record setting year, but most likely not. Um, number 19 Philly. Um, I had this pick at 16 last week. I believe it's Devin Lloyd. I still believe the Eagles could use some help at linebacker. Um, I think Devin Lloyd's a a pretty good player. So I think it's a good pick. And then number 20 here, I also do have Trevor Penning, um, to protect a, uh, young quarterback as well. Um, I think Trevor Penning is a, a very good young offensive tackle. Um, and uh, I can see the things lagging a little bit, but no, didn't mean to do that. Uh, can you hear me now?
1: <laughs> My
0: yeah. Okay. But uh, yeah, Trevor Penning, I think he's a, a, a great player. He really is. And uh, like you said, I think Pittsburgh uh, is going to take a tackle here to protect a certain young quarterback. Um Moving on, I'm only going to do the top five here. I wish that – I need it. maybe I'll just do next week the full slides instead of this last sheet. But number 21, I'm sticking with Trent McDuffie to New England. Um, I think it's just a pick that makes sense. They did sign Malcolm Butler, though, so maybe they wouldn't go corner. But I'm sticking with it. Uh, 22, Traylon Burks to Green Bay. Gives them a playmaker wide receiver. I had Jameson Williams here last week, which uh, I think would be a home run pick. and, And no question, think about a pick here if he lands there. But uh, I'm going to go with uh, Traylon to Green Bay here. Uh, Kenyon Green with the Cardinals. They just need O-line help still. Um, patch up the middle of that O-line. 24, um, Devontae Wyatt. Like you said, you have him definitely higher than I do, but I think Devontae Wyatt probably will end up going higher. But I think if Dallas can, can get him, that'd be amazing. 25, Buffalo. Andrew Booth Jr. gives them a guy uh, opposite Trey White. And then 26, I have the Pittsburgh Steelers trading up with the Tennessee Titans to select Matt Corral, uh, the quarterback of the Ole Miss, who I think is, uh, you know, there's talk that he could be the number one quarterback taken off the board theoretically. So he might be ending up in the top 10. Quarterbacks go quick. I mean, we might be really underestimating how, how teams really need quarterbacks, but I got Matt Corral at 26. I think Pittsburgh, uh, they, I think they'll go quarterback. I think they'll trade up here and, you know, I, I think, you know, Trubisky is not the guy. I mean, he might be he might be solid, but he's not gonna win you a Super Bowl at this point.
1: All right, let me get mine. And uh just fair warning. So I actually have the same pick as you for Green Bay. I have Burks, but when I was filtering like the wide receiver section, I hit Dotson by accident. So that should say okay. Burks instead of Donson. But yeah, okay. uh I have Zion Johnson at uh pay- for the Patriots. I had the same pick last week. Um uh, I think they're gonna go with the inside offensive line help. Um, and I have him going over Linderbaum, which I I have a feeling Linderbaum is gonna fall Griff. And I think he's been falling. Like, I have this feeling. Uh, so I have Burks here instead of Dotson. Sorry, when I was filtering out the wide receivers, everybody. So, I, so when you go to pick it, uh I pick Burks right Dotson rather than Burks, but it should say uh Burks there. Uh and I think the Cardinals need secondary help. So uh, this is a guy who's been shooting up draft boards in recent weeks. Uh, Kyrie Elam. I think that th- that's a division where, you know, the wide receivers are, you know, especially that Los Angeles Rams team is something scary. And I think the Rams, the, the Cardinals need to go defense here. I think they're going to load up for the future with, with, the, with the Kyrie Elam. And I think this is a home run pick. Absolutely. For the Dallas Cowboys, uh, George Karlaftis, I think, they need an edge rusher. Obviously, they were unable to bring back Randy Gregory after it really looked like they were going to be able to. I mean, we don't know what happened there exactly, but sort of just snaked them for Denver, I believe, at the last minute, right?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, uh so I'm uh, George Kyle here uh and Andrew Booth I think it I'll, I'm going to have Andrew Booth at 25 to the Bills. I think this is another team that just needs a corner and I think what you're seeing is corners are going to start to go fast towards the middle eight portion of this uh at the end of the, this first round. Uh you know, I, I it's, somewhat, it's so it's so fun. I feel like on a lot of contending teams we sort of just say they're a corner away or this and that. I mean, obviously the Buffalo Bills, Trey White was hurt last year, but they've sort of been lacking, you know, that guy to play play Across from, it. I think Andrew Boop Jr. is going to be that guy. Uh, they've tried Levi Wallace in the past; that hasn't worked out too well. So yeah, uh, and then I got the Titans going with Devin Lloyd here uh, for right, from uh, Utah, and I think the, the Tennessee is almost really choreographed that they're taking a linebacker. Really, um, I, I believe, and I, I think like Devin Lloyd, if he if he's there, that is a complete home run for the Tennessee Titans. Uh, so yeah, in this drive, I'm signing you. So, like I said, so. A trade. There's a trade here. Uh, and I have the Pittsburgh Steelers trading into the slot. I know it says Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I can't really affect it. Otherwise I'm sorry about that, but this is the Pittsburgh Steelers trading up into this first round. I'm not sure exactly what the compensation would be, but probably not too hefty as they'd just be trading back and sort of back into the end of the first round, probably a second rounder or something of the sorts, uh, in a future draft. And I think, I think Desmond Ritter is going to be the guy over Corral here, to be honest. Um, I think he by far is like from what I've seen is the most pro ready guy. He's the most ready guy to step in day one and lead an offense. And I think that's what the Steelers are going to want. I think that's what Mike Tomlin wants. And I think, you know, this is is a classic contending move from the Buccaneers to sort of trade out of the first round. sort of maybe stockpile some, some future assets. Um, So the green Bay Packers here, they're going to take, make, I'm just going to go to the end here. If that's cool.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, You just go to the
1: end. Yeah. I got the Green Bay Packers making sort of a risky pick here, and I'm going to take the other job out of Michigan. Obviously a guy who would be going much higher if not for that brutal Achilles Achilles tear. But I think, you know, the Packers are going to – they need an edge, and I think they're going to be willing to wait for a guy who, if Ojabo sort of recovers from that injury and unlocks that upside that we saw in Michigan, this is a guy who can be in a loaded edge class, maybe the best edge rusher in that class. Um, and I think, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see how he recovers from a brutal injury. But the Packers, I think this pick they're going to make. And I think we talked about it last week, but with one of these two picks, the Kansas City Chiefs absolutely have to take a, a wide receiver. And you, you said it last week, but Sky Moore seems to be one of those commonly linked names with them. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I think they're, they're going to take either Watson, Dotson, Watson or Dotson or Sky Moore. Uh, and and I think increasingly it looks like Skymore is going to be that guy, and I had him last week in the edge of the first round. You questioned me a little bit, but Voimov has been really getting some first-round hype, especially in this 30 to 32 range. I think this is a loaded – I keep saying it. This is a loaded, loaded, loaded edge class. This is a guy who's complete – Upside complete, complete upside. That's what teams really like about him. He is all the measurables of you know an elite pass He didn't quite put it all together at Minnesota, which is why we don't have him sort of at the top of this draft board. But I think he's a guy who's all about upside. And here, I think he's in reality gonna go much higher, but I think the Cincinnati Bengals would be very satisfied. I think there's a probably a better chance he goes to the Patriots at 21, looking back at it. But I, I I've got them taken uh Tyler Lindenbaum out of Iowa. I mean, I think this is obvious if he falls to them why this is the pick for the Cincinnati Bengals, even though they did, you know, dole out a lot of money in free agency to two two offensive linemen. I think this is gonna, you know, I think this is probably- who's their center.
0: Is it Trey Hopkins? Is that the guy they got? Or I,
1: he can play any position on that interior line though.
0: Well I know they signed cap Kappa, so he's not gonna play on
1: right the left side, but I think I'll look it up. All right, up. you need know, yeah. I know they signed Kappa and Lyle Collins.
0: Ted Karras right now. Yeah, and Jackson Carman is their left guard.
1: Have you ever heard of him?
0: No. <laughs> Ted Karras.
1: I think an O-lineman here could definitely be likely. For oh, he, they,
0: I think they might have just signed him from New England.
1: Karras, I think that might be right. I think the um, – what's it called? the uh, Their left guard, though, right? Or –
0: Jackson Carmen is a second round pick last year, so he probably will start. Uh, I think they'd still take Linderbaum if he's, yeah, ready. I think I'm, not, yeah. I'm not disagreeing Linderbaum. with their pick, I'm just wondering who he's, yeah, yeah, who yeah. they have right
1: now. All right, um, yeah, uh, and I'm gonna have one more. and I think Lions need help everywhere. But especially in the back end of that secondary, which just got awful, one of the worst in football last year. And I think Lewis, you know, is a guy on another guy on that Georgia defense who really, I mean, he was one of their sort of I don't know if this makes sense, but he was like one of their like college. Like he was one of that. He was like the playmaker on that defense. Like he was the guy who made it all tick. And he was one of those guys who during the football, like during the actual season, you know, maybe he wasn't getting as much hype. As as, you know some of the guys up the the stars up front but he's a guy who's equally as important to that defense, and he can really quarterback a defense like like really nobody else in this draft and I think, you know, the Lions, uh, I think I don't have them coming out of this first round with a quarterback but I think obviously they're gonna be picking near the top of that first round or near the top of that second or another. And I think if Matt Corral is there, I think that's going to be the guy that they're going to end up going with, but they could easily go get the quarterback at the end of this, uh, you know, at this last pick, but I, I'm going to have them going with, with Louis Cena here. So, yeah.
0: Nice. All right. I'll close out the draft and then we'll talk a little MLB and wrap this up. Um, all right. So I got a uh, car going to Tampa Bay. Um, you know, he's a guy who, you know, I, I think you've, uh, you've linked them with Dallas and uh, it seems like that in the past. I'm going to, you know, I'm a, I'm a little further down each week. It seems I have them going to Tampa Bay, which I think would be a great spot for them. They could use, uh, you know, some youth at address. I know they took uh, you know, Joe Tyron, and then he added something in his last name. I think it, it was probably there. I'm sorry. I didn't want to be disrespectful, but I think he was drafted as like Joe Tyron or I don't know, but I'm trying to say who they picked last year, but we'll move Joe, Joe on. trying.
1: He was pretty good last year, though. Joe oh, trying. He was on. good. Yes.
0: Um, but, you know, another D-end, uh, you know, can't hurt that team. Um, and Todd Bowles, scheme, Uh Green Bay, I agree, we'll go David Ojabo. I think, uh, you know, Ojabo, honestly, like, it, it just depends on the team. Because if there's a team out there that really doesn't care and they really just want to edge rusher and they want to take the risk, David Ojabo could go in the top 20 but maybe at the edge of of, you know the the 19 18 range i mean one of those teams you know maybe they pull the plug maybe the eagles pull the plug on david ojabo and say it's worth the risk at the end of the day we have three first round picks if this guy works out he's a top 10 talent no doubt so you know i I could see him going but i mean it's tough because the achilles injury just happened jamison williams at least has you know recovered for a little bit now it seems like he's doing well in his recovery ojabo you know you know, we really don't know anything. So it's going to be tough for, uh, for teams to make a call, but I'll go green Bay. They'll take, they can take a risk. Um, Kansas city first pick Roger McCreary cornerback. I think he's a good player. Um, I, I think higher LM, like you said, I mean, I feel like he's probably a guy I, I honestly just like forgot about as well as Zion Johnson. Um, but I mean, you, you, I like mixing it up at the back end of this draft because the back end of this draft, what I've learned about covering the draft these past few years, it always looks completely different from, from what this looks like. I mean, if we're being honest here, Andrew Booth, Jr. McCreery, Jan Dodson, you know, these guys are, are probably all going in the second round just because of, I mean, at this spot with these contending teams, they usually just find their guy that they like and they pick them no matter what. So it usually doesn't end up being like best guy available or best fit. It, it kind of gets weird at the back here. Um, But I I went with Jay and Dotson this week. I mean, I'll probably put Sky Moore back there last week. I just kind of wanted to switch it up. So we'll go Dotson this week. I agree, though, with you. Like, Sky Moore, I mean, that's what I was saying last week. Like, Chiefs seem pretty linked with him. Um, But for fun, we'll switch it up. Bengals, I mean, linebacker was probably one of the weaker spots of that defense, I feel. Um, They've got guys, obviously, Logan Wilson's a pretty good player. But I'm going to go Nekobe Dean, Um, you know, really good player from Georgia. And then lastly, Detroit, uh, Desmond Ritter. Uh, I think they'll end up with a quarterback. I I know you like Ritter. You've said to me off air last week that you think he might be the best quarterback in the draft class. Um, You know, I I don't feel quite the same way. Um, To be honest, I I mean, this quarterback class is so weird. I I really don't know who's going to come out. And I don't know if there's going to be one of those guys that can compete with the elite of the elite in the NFL right now. Um, I just don't know. Uh, But Desmond Ritter, obviously great quarterback for Cincinnati. And I think the Lions, you know, I don't know if the Lions necessarily are looking for their franchise quarterback. I feel like they can, you know, use one of these picks. I think that's why 32 for them is just a safe slot. I think number two, you get kind of a franchise cornerstone, Pete. Whereas if you risk one of these quarterbacks at number two, um, which I know you had them going Malik. Well, you had them going Malik Wilson, number two. You said you didn't have them going at quarterback, but you had Malik Willis at two. Oh yeah.
1: Malik Willis at two. I did have Malik Wilson two. Sorry. I, forgot so, about that. I have a great one. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but, um, I just think it's too risky in this draft to go quarterback that early for a team like the Lions who are just still a bit away. I think you know Dn there for them in a strong edge draft would be great. So I'll go Ritter here in the move that you know it's not going to be the end of the world if it doesn't hit, but if it does hit, you know it's a good pick for them. So yeah, that'll be uh, both of our mock draft 3.0s. Um, when's the draft? How how far are we from the draft?
1: Well, like end of April?
0: I think it's, it's like, like a, April 22nd or so.
1: I think that's probably right. Yeah, um, April twenty
0: eighth. Okay, so that's we still got. Let's see, about th- Thursday. So yeah,
1: about three and a half weeks.
0: Three more weeks. So I mean, we'll probably shoot for five mock drafts. So, we'll, I, if I had to guess, I'd say we end up skipping next week for a mock draft, um, and then the last two weeks before we will do our fourth and our fifth mock draft. So five mock drafts, pretty good. Um, maybe we'll see a little competition to see who can get the most right on our fifth one. Um, put some money in there. Why not? Um, all right. Well, with that, um, it's been an hour or so, but I do want to talk some MLB because we are both big MLB fans. So opening day starts on Thursday. So it'd be really uh, a shame if we didn't talk about the MLB yeah. here, obviously NBA playoffs start, uh, in a week or two. So, yeah, uh, two you know, obviously March madness and, uh, We got the draft. So, I mean, there's so much stuff going on right now.
1: Yeah, great time to do sports. It's
0: very good sports. But, obviously, MLB opening day is coming up. And uh, with that, some predictions. Um, We're just going to go division by division here. We haven't even – I haven't even thought about this. This is straight off the dome. Um, mm -hmm. We haven't really prepared for this. So, we'll start with the AL East. Um, Who do you got as your division winner?
1: You know – I got to say, I'm going to go with the Toronto Blue Jays here. Um, Listen, I I know you you got the Rays, and they're really strong. Um, But, you know, I I, I really like that team that that has been built down there. And I think Tampa Bay is good and all, but I think this is the year where, like, you know, you have Vladdy. Like, like Vladdy was great last year, but I think this is going to be, like, runaway MVP Vladdy, even with Otani in that league. And I think, like – I just got the Blue Jays top in this division. I think I really love what they've built. Um, yeah,
0: just writing it down so we can keep track yeah, for, sure. uh, for sure. all the playoffs and whatnot. I'm going to agree with you though. I think the Toronto Blue Jays right now are uh, the team to be in that division. Uh, obviously, I believe they missed the playoffs last year, but this team yeah, I mean, with they've just got so much like
1: 92 talent. wins. Yeah, like I mean,
0: this team is just so much talent. They've got now Matt Chapman, obviously, who I think Matt Chapman, uh, you know, his bat. Um, I think he's in a spot where he doesn't need to be the guy I think he needed to be in Oakland, if that makes sense. Where in Toronto, they've got guys like George Springer, Teoscar Hernandez, obviously Vladdy Guerrero, Bo Bichette, guys like that, who, you know, obviously are, are the main, you know, offensive producers on that offense. So I think he's in a spot where if he can, you know, average necessarily for him, you know, it's never been his strong suit, but he's not necessarily there to hit for average. If he can just hit some some bombs and play some killer defense, that would be fantastic for them. And like you said, I think Vladdy is just uh, i mean a sensational player. I I think George Springer will probably be healthier this year. He was really good when he was healthy for them. Um, Just was a a nightmare. Um, He couldn't stay on the field last year. And uh, I mean, their pitching rotation, they've got a lot of good guys. They got Ryu. Obviously, they signed Kevin Gaussman, which I really like. Um, They signed Kikuchi, who I'll be honest, I think the starting pitching market in MLB, it's kind of like the quarterback in that sense, where a lot of these guys who Probably don't deserve some of this money, get a lot of money. Um, like you say, Kakuchi was he became so valued, uh, you know, once the market reopened. And I don't think he's anything special. I think he's a, a solid back end guy. He's fine. Um, they got guys like Alec Manoa there tearing, too, into, him.
1: tearing into him, saying he doesn't deserve his money. You're a phone man,
0: he deserves it. But I mean, <laughs> no, he was an no, all star last year for Seattle, but I mean i'm kidding i'm kidding. nothing special um they got someone else there too hinjin ryu kevin Gosman. yeah that kikuchi manoa one guy too i'm forgetting barrios jose barrios is right oh, yeah. good pitcher. so good rotation good team i think the blue jays will uh win that division um we'll do wild card after too uh we'll just move down to al central though um I feel like this is pretty easy, even with the Lance Lynn injury. I'm going to go with the White Sox. I think that team is stacked. I mean, they've made some weird moves recently, I'll be honest. I mean, trading Kimbrell for A.J. Pollock. um, eh. And now Garrett Crochet's out for the season. Lance Lynn's going to be out for four weeks, so things aren't going well, but I mean, you've got essentially, I mean, the Minnesota Twins, I guess, are attempting pick all of a sudden. I mean, they've got a, they had a really good offseason, but uh, but Byron Buxton has been killing the ball. If Byron Buxton is on the field, which it's not going to happen, but if he has, like, 500 at-bats,
1: yeah, yeah I mean, that, that guy could be the MVP.
0: I know, but ima- just, I'm just saying, just imagine. Just imagine with me. Him it's and like, Correa he's like, he's together. Like, you,
1: know, you could almost call him the, uh, the Jacob de of center fielders. No, yeah. no, he's not quite that good. Not quite that good.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, he's killing it. I mean, he could be really good, but I'll go White Sox. I mean, I still think that lineup, uh, Luis Robert, is going to have a good year. Um, that team is, is, is the team to beat in that division, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, I think that's – obvious i don't really think that much more needs to be said uh but i guess uh you know it's always good when you know we we slam teams for trying not to compete so a good thing yeah we're trying to compete i mean yeah the um, guardians
0: are an embarrassment in that division i mean the royals and tigers the tigers at least went out and so, the tigers signed some guys so i mean know. you can't be mad at them yeah, royals are, you know bobby witts coming up torkelson for the time i mean there's a lot of young talent in that division it's gonna be a fun you know they they've got good prospects coming up, so it's it's not like the division's going to be. I mean, a few years there's going to be some really good players. There. So it's just really weak right now.
1: You know, uh, I, I I like the I with the I'll move to the AL West here, uh, but yeah. like I like the Angels and all, and I like the Mariners, but I don't really see anyone dethroning the Astros for that NLs title or for that a sorry Th- throwing it back twenty years that not even fifteen years that ALS title so. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Astros here for the same reason as always. I think, you know, Verlander back. I think the producers will continue to produce. Like, if I don't really have any other way to say it, and I think, you know, that they're going to run away with that division again this year. So, yeah. Got the Astros too, or not? Let's see. I do not. Uh, You got the Angels? I'm going to buy. No,
0: I do not. I've got the Uh, Seattle uh, mayor. I'm going to buy into the hype. I mean, I, I. I really believe this Mariners team has had a really good off season. Um, I mean, I, I think their young talent is through the roof. I mean, Jerry Kalenick, I mean, he had a really bad rookie season, a historically bad rookie season, <laughs> to be honest, um, which it was good to see as a Mets fan because, I mean, as much, I really don't want to wish anyone bad success, but I mean, I would love to see that guy turn out to be a bust just because of all the crap that I've heard over this Diaz-Cano trade. I mean, even having Cano right now is just a negative, um, but I mean, he's bound to be better. They trade for Jesse Winker. They've got, you know, they signed Robbie Ray. They've got these guys and I don't even know. I'm I'm trying to talk myself into it, but I I can't even pick them right now, if I'm being honest. Um, I don't even know, though. Like, I don't believe in the Astros, if I'm being honest. I don't believe in them. Um, I think the Astros are going to have a down year. I don't believe that starting pitching. uh, That's
1: a bold prediction, I guess, huh?
0: I don't believe that starting pitching is going to hold up to its own. I, I, I Lance McCullers, it sounds like he's going to be out for a while. JV's coming off Tommy John. I mean, who knows what's going to happen? They've got a lot of young guys. I mean, that lineup's good. They've got a lot of good talent. But I'm going to stick with the Mariners. Screw it. Why not? We'll have fun with it. And, uh, you know, it's crazy. The Los Angeles Angels, man. I mean, they are wasting some of the great – MLB's top 100, which I'm not saying they're, the, the network's rankings are, are good or whatever. The Los Angeles Angels have the two best players in baseball. If you have the two best players in baseball, you should be a world series contender. And this team hasn't made the playoffs in Mike Trout has made the playoffs one. I mean, it's disgusting. I think it's honestly the most, I mean, it's crazy because I don't know if it's the owner because their payroll, I don't think is that high, but it's like not terrible, but like Billy Epler, who was the GM of, you know, the angels for a while, you know, clearly couldn't build a winner, but now he's with the Mets and, you know, seems like he's done a fine job if he's given money. I mean, it's, that team, I mean, they've signed a bunch of guys. They signed Pujols. They signed obviously. They've got Rendon. They have Jared Walsh, David Fletcher. I mean, they signed Syndergaard. They have Iglesias. I mean, it, I mean, this is a make or break year for the Angels. And I still don't believe their pitching is probably going to be good enough to get them in the playoffs. I don't believe that starting yeah, rotation. I agree. It's too many what ifs. I mean, you're banking on Noah Syndergaard to go out there and be a Cy Young winner. <laughs> he hasn't pitched in two years. Oh my God. All right. Let's do the wildcard team. Yeah, Angels. Uh, Angels
1: are definitely probably the most frustrating team in, in the sport and in, in the sport. I mean, like, I mean, I think it's yeah, probably the worst. Like they're going to have like, to do a documentary on this. I think like, yeah. What, what easily.
0: I mean, dude, you have Shohei Otani, who is the face of the sport at this point, And Mike Trout, who, yeah. I mean, Mike Trout's been hurt these past few years though. And that is, you know, Maybe they're a different story if Mike Trout's on the field and Rendon was bad last year. I mean, if Rendo, if Mike Trout is healthy this year and Rendon's back to himself and this team still doesn't make the playoffs, oh my
1: God. I mean, yeah, they, I but know, have they just not eight, developed eight, any? Eight, I don't
0: yeah. get it. Like, have they not developed any starting pitchers I mean, for the past to, 10 seasons? I, yeah. Like,
1: Yeah. I mean, and it's not like they're a team who's not unwilling to spend money. Like, they spend money. It's just like
0: all on position players, though, which I think is the problem.
1: Right. They're not willing. I mean, they just gave Noah Syndergaard 21 million dollars, like you said, to, Kurt, to to become as much as pitcher, I don't love to become Garrett a pitcher, Paul. he was like to like to become a pitcher, a pitcher, he hasn't realistically been since like Obama was president. So,
0: like, 2016. Noah yeah. Syndergaard in 2019 <laughs> was not that good. Like he had like a four-year or so.
1: Right. Like that's what they're hoping from. No, he wasn't good. Like that's what they're hoping yeah. from the <laughs> like all right. 2016, uh,
0: okay. I think, was the year he was like a top five Cy young or so.
1: Yeah. We can move to you wanna to move to wild cards?
0: Yeah, the AL wild card. What do you think?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, give me just give me your
0: three AL. Wild uh,
1: cards. I'll go with Mariners, Rays, Yanks.
0: Mariners, Rays, Yanks. Um, I'm gonna go Rays. I'll put the Yanks. I, I can't hate on them that much. Oh, this last Not team the is the
1: Not the Stros, really. I
0: think I got to put the Stros in there. But the Boston Red Sox are good. But Chris Sale is gonna They're be good. They're good. Right now. I go with the Astros. I think the uh, the AL is it's kind of concrete for what's going to happen in terms of the playoffs. Um, all right, moving on to the NL East.
1: All right, I'm it's going to pain me to say this. Got to go with the Braves. I'm sorry. I got to go with the Braves. They're getting Acuna back. I mean, look. Ugh. They're getting guys back. They have, I mean, this is a strong, strong team. You know, a lot of the talk this offseason, I guess in the beginning, you know, it's sort of more shifted to the Braves, I guess, in recent recent weeks. But, you know, after the Phillies got out and spent big this offseason, you know, obviously the Mets the Mets spent a lot of money early this offseason. Um it's been on those guys, but obviously that that 861 deal for Olsen, I mean. I think 8 168 deal for Olsen after that trade. I mean, they're losing Freddie. They just Freeman. keep
0: robbing guys, this is,
1: Yeah, no, this is a team. Yeah, I mean, I don't know who's negotiating. <laughs> they, they must, you know, drug the guys before they go in there to negotiate. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, look, good signing. Deal mean,
0: yeah, might be the worst deal I've ever seen. I mean, mm-hmm. I get these guys are coming from foreign nations and they have, right? But know, like, really poor. Regardless,
1: like, 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 hold out on, for man, two more years.
0: 35 or something.
1: Yeah, no, yeah, that's. That's inexcusable. Uh, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> look, this is a team we know, Griffin and I have talked about in the past that this is a team that can do a lot because they have their best players. Essentially, they're paying their best players no money. Like, in that that they aren't. They're paying their best players like utility guys. It's simple at like, not utility guys. I guess that's an exact. You guys know what I mean, you know, for still listening at this. I player, believe
0: the know? Braves probably pay like Acuna. Matt Olson and Ozzy Albies combined less per year than the Mets are going to pay Max Scherzer. It's
1: absurd. It's (laughs) absurd. It's great business, but you know, and for that reason, the Braves are going to be able to compete for, you know, at least until for the duration of those contracts, they're going to be able to compete with the best. Uh, And that's unfortunate for us as Phil's and Mets fans, but as it is, and I'm going to take them to win this division again this year, uh, unfortunately. And, you know, unfortunately, unfortunately, unfortunately.
0: I got to pick the Braves. So, I mean, I, I I can't pick the Mets because Jacob deGrom is going to be out for two and a half months. I mean, I, I think the Mets are going to compete. I, I think, uh, but I mean, I mean, it's just like a. This is the thing that frustrates me about the New York Mets is the guys they have. They're just overpaying. Like, I mean, Robinson Cano's contract—they're getting screwed on. Obviously, I mean, I honestly, Robinson Cano, this,
1: this case, Robinson Cano contract bothers you so much. This, uh, I mean, it's, so <laughs>
0: it's probably the worst. It's just so frustrating. I mean, look. It's just dead money. I mean, we don't need him. I mean, look, if he contributes, great. But, I mean, he's going to be splitting time at DHC. I mean, we just don't need him. And it's $20 million that we could spend so many other places. But it is what it is. I mean, they look, they had to pay to get a guy like Starling Marte, who I honestly think is – I think in the back end of that contract, it it might be bad. But I think this year, I think Starling Marte is going to have another fantastic season. So I'm excited to watch. Um, But with the Mets, I mean, that's the difference. Like, they're paying – Lindor 34 million Scherzer 43 million whereas the Braves have these guys like just tied up and and they're basically just like I mean I don't even know what they're doing how they're getting these guys to sign these papers because especially the Matt Olson one I mean I know this guy's got two years arbitration left but I mean come on you just I guess it's good money for a first baseman so I mean I can't hate on it I mean Matt Olson I mean I think the guy could have got more money but I get you know, he's an Atlanta boy, whatever, but this Braves team is good. They, they made a lot of good moves. I mean, Luke Jackson, it definitely – this bullpen was looking very good. Luke Jackson definitely, I mean, he was very good last year. So, that does, you know, put a thorn in their side a little bit. But they've still got so many guys. I mean, they've got Kenley Jansen. they signed um, Colin McHugh, Kirby Yates coming back. I mean, Tyler it's just – there's so many turning,
1: Tyler Manick turning into Randy jo- – or Tyler Matzick rather, turning into uh, yeah, I mean, Randy Johnson in the playoffs. It's what was in, that? I mean, What was that? He turned into the best pitcher in baseball for like a three-week span.
0: But the one thing I will say about the Atlanta Braves is I think their weakness is definitely their rotation. I think it's all right, but I think it's just, you know, it's nothing special at the end of the day. And I mean, they've got some good young guys. Soroka hasn't pitched in so long at this point. I mean, he was, you know, a a Cy Young top three guy, I feel like at one point, if I'm not, or maybe he was uh, a.
1: Yeah, he was. He was top three. He was, I think. Yeah. I mean, I
0: couldn't remember if it was that a rookie of the year, but I mean. Mike Soroka was very good, but who knows what to expect. I mean, you got Ian Anderson there. You've got, uh, you know, Max Freed, who's very good. I mean, it's so frustrating. I'm done talking about the Braves. We need to move on. Um, yeah, I just probably. went on a rant there. Um, NL Central, um, I mean, a two-team race here between the, the Brewers and the Cardinals. And I feel like we'll both say who, you know, we think is going to win this division. I think we'll be uh, – I'm going to go with the Cardinals here.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm in agreement. Obviously, two team race here. Cubs have made some steps, you know, in the gesture that they want to compete sometime in the near future. That's sort of that seems to sort of be like their current state. I think,
0: say, a Suzuki might be really good, though. I think yeah, he could be a superstar. Yeah, that, that He's ripping the ball right
1: now. That 570 contract might end up looking like a steal for sure. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's it's, really good in
0: Japan, too. I mean, I don't know why these teams, like, just don't pay up on some of these guys.
1: And then, luckily for the other three teams in the division, and I guess two this year we'll talk about, you just have two complete disasters (laughs) at the bottom of this division who don't want to win. Like, let's call it what it is, who don't want to win. These are teams. (laughs) (laughs) Here's the the weekly Pittsburgh Pirates. No, no, (laughs) no. I'll tell you, like, these are teams that don't want to win. Like, the A's are actively trying to get to the 30th. (laughs) To like the lowest,
0: yeah.
1: like there's a race, like, <laughs> like, and this just brings me to my ultimate point: is that we need a salary floor in baseball, and I think it's far too yeah. long and will never be implemented because you need to get these thirty assholes running the teams <laughs> to agree on it, and they won't. And it's like it, it won't. It's so embarrassing.
0: But the game, I mean, they
1: just- the game, and oh, the parity of Major League Baseball would be much stronger. You know, a lot of people talk about introducing a salary cap. This, that, for the teams like the Dodgers and the Yankees and the Red Sox, who like to spend. Maybe even less of the Red Sox, but I guess the Dodgers and the Yankees. But the Mets too the, the Mets, cohen tax. I mean, it's like, named after the, him the Mets, at this point. And, and the Mets now, uh, in, in in you know, recent months, but what would really be far more beneficial for the game is a salary floor. And I think that's yeah. definitely the like you have three teams right now, four four teams who are trying to lose. Like, and it's not trying to lose in the <laughs> sense that a team is trying to tank because. In the NBA, you have a. Who are your
0: four teams? The top, the Pirates, the Pirates, Reds, Guardians, Ace, Guardians. But the Guardians didn't—they haven't even like shed size. They just were a low shot. They always just dump guys though once they're they're near.
1: That's my point. Like they won't pay. Like a guy will be too good and they won't pay him. And at least they've been in
0: like they've been in the World Series recently. Fair,
1: fair. They've done better
0: than like the Pirates have been bad for a while.
1: No, I mean yeah, the Pirates. I guess it's a little unfair to put the, and the reds there. have
0: really been, the when of the reds been like actual contenders
1: well do you remember like when we went to the hall of fame and like their best items were like bobbleheads <laughs> of like nobody so i probably still nice. have
0: them <laughs> I
1: probably, yeah yeah oh, and we let la- yeah
0: didn't
1: even know who the guy was yeah no i i, I still have it i was i, I have I still mine it somewhere I yeah I, yes it's it's somewhere in my house but yeah these are teams that are not trying to win and hold on sorry one sec one sec I think these are teams that are sorry about that these are were. teams that are not trying to win and I think you know, that's clear, and I think it makes it easier for the Brewers and the Cardinals at the top of this division. I, I'm really, you know, split between these two teams. I'm going to go with the Cardinals, obviously. They went on that insane a hot streak last year. It's crazy how how Major League Baseball works. Going to 17 – what was it, 17-game winning streak at the end of the year?
0: Something like that, yeah.
1: 17-game winning streak at the end of the year, and your season's over after nine and things like this. Crazy. <laughs> but, yeah, I think the Cardinals are going to continue <laughs> that, that, that momentum. Um, <laughs> They're, they're gonna win this division, but if you're, <laughs> for me, I don't know like, that gotcha, I that gotcha. Girl. You, got,
0: you got me on that,
1: <laughs> I got that I gotcha. But yeah, oh, uh, I, I'll I go. I think with it's the,
0: also because it's 10 o'clock. I'm just, yeah, like, no,
1: definitely. Mm. Some, yeah, no, look, <laughs> late night pod, you know. Yeah. Uh, good god, look. Um, so yeah, I'll go with the Cardinals here, but definitely could see either of those two coming out on top.
0: Yeah, good defensive team, and they've got – I mean, Flaherty's banged up. I mean, Flaherty's always banged up, but they got soft pitching and, you know, good guys in the bullpen. I mean, this is a long-ass podcast. So uh, NL West, I mean, it's the Los Angeles Dodgers, uh, the World Series favorites. I mean, this team, one of the greatest lineups I've ever seen. Um, the rotation is uh, interesting. I mean, we'll see what happens with Trevor Bauer. They've obviously got Bueller, Urias, Kershaw, a very good rotation. The back end, though, I mean, they've got a lot of, like, depth. They've got, like, Heaney, Tyler Anderson – uh, you know, and they've got guys in the bullpen. Obviously, they trade for Kimbrel. They got Corey. No, Corey can Philly. Uh, they got Tommy Kaling coming back mid year, I believe. So, Dodgers will win the division. Um, I mean, do you even want to talk about him or you just want to move on to the wild card teams?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, it's 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 clear who's going to win this division, in my opinion. So, I'll go. With the Dodgers. No, no Giants this, but the, maybe the Giants come back and look. I think the Giants are going to be good again this year, but that who's competing with that Dodgers team? That's a fucking joke. I mean, I understand they lost in the playoffs. They won like what, 103 games? No, 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 they won like what, 97 games last year and added Freddie Freeman.
0: They lose a lot, though, realistically. Like Scherzer they went out, they Seager, did. They did. they lost they did. Jansen. So they did lose. They did. But I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, Trey Turner is one of the best shortstops in baseball. Justin Turner is elite. Freddie Max Freeman. Max Muncy. Cody yes. Bellinger sucks, though. Cody Bellinger is just straight garbage at this point. He had the clutchest
1: of their season last year, to be fair. Listen, we'll see. You got to feel for Cody Bellinger, though. Both of these two guys who were MVP candidates. I mean Collider, Yelich, yep. It's crazy, and that's why – At least it. Yelich
0: got the money, though.
1: Yelich got the bag, man. He did. Unfortunate for Cody Bellinger. I mean, <laughs> it's crazy that – I mean, look, you've heard a lot of things about this guy. Cody Bellinger
0: to- literally – has cost himself hundreds of millions of dollars
1: I you feel bad for him because it's like he doesn't even know what he did you listen to these interviews <laughs> and he's just like i don't know what happened like
0: mental I just, it's all mental
1: it's crazy no. it's such a crazy hard sport man it really is
0: yeah. all right card teams uh i mean i i know we're both gonna have our teams in there but who do you have for yeah. the nl wildcard
1: You know, I'm between three teams – I'm between four teams right now because I really want to get my guys in there. So, I'm going to go with the (laughs) Mets. I'm going to go with the Mets. I'm going to go with the Phils just because I can't not put them in there. And that lineup I think might be a little too good. The cute little
0: Phillies getting in finally.
1: (laughs) Hey, Griff, when was the last time the Mets won the World Series? (laughs) I mean, like, he's the same
0: number. We've had this argument
1: before. We, we do, we do. But I mean, ours we, is both, a little got,
0: we both got those. I was
1: alive for mine. I was alive for mine, to be fair.
0: I was, but I have better remembrance at the time my team was in the World Series and in the playoffs. That's
1: fair. That's fair. I mean, it didn't result in anything. I mean, it didn't. Hey, we had
0: 2015 was Matt. And we went in 2016. 2019 true. was a fun year, too. Like, at least yeah. we've had so, some fun
1: so, years. So, Griff, you're admitting that you liked the Wilpon era? <laughs>
0: Years in there. I mean, look, 2015 was, was a great year. I mean, the, the pitching was, was –
1: Yeah, pitchable. I mean, look, Phils and Mets have both been not great. We're, we're both in bad – we both have been in bad situations for a while now, but we're both hoping to get out of it this year. I mean,
0: the Mets got in – like, it was a Mickey Mouse type. Like, they just found their way. Like, they won – you don't want to suspect as, like, carrying that team. In. And the starting pitching was
1: good, too. Mickey, Ma- yeah. Mickey, <laughs> Mickey Mouse Mets? The Mickey Mouse Mets. I
0: had a fun time with it. But what's your last team?
1: Uh, I'm, a, I'm torn between the Giants and the Brewers right now. What? But... No Padres? Oh yeah, the fucking Padres. <laughs> God, how are the Phillies going to get in? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I forgot about <laughs> the goddamn Padres. They hired what's his name too.
0: Bob Melvin.
1: Yeah, Bob Melvin. Ah. All right, I'll go. Phils Mets I have faith in the Phils. I actually do. For the first time, in-
0: we're both going to be let down badly.
1: Phils, Mets, you know, I'll go Pods. Actually, now that you're me, Phils, Mets, Pods.
0: Um, I mean that you know Mets true. You know I,
1: I don't. the The, the Padres were were such frauds last year, though, weren't they? They were. They really were. I'm going to stick with them though for God, now.
0: Piece is already out for three months,
1: right? yeah he is I'll still go with him though. I'll go pod, I'll go pod, Pods Phil's Mets
0: Padres I mean man that I mean the Dom we're just going so long on this but whatever at this point we're just talking I mean
1: yeah exactly exactly
0: I mean honestly I <laughs> I don't even want to you know I'll give my playoff teams we'll we'll continue our discussion at this point I think off uh, off the air almost so it doesn't take so long to download but I'm going to go with Mets for the playoffs um <sighs> and then it gets tricky um i'm gonna go with the brewers because i feel like they're in such a bad division they're gonna have so many free wins and and that rotation i think Ah, is just gonna get them in i don't think they'll do anything in the
1: playoffs i think is so god awful
0: it's just not that good but i mean that rotation and being in a bad division i think they'll squeak their way in there I'm between i i i can't put the giants in man i think that year just went perfectly for them and and I mean, I think that some of those pitchers are going to be worse and, and those positional players cannot play as good. So I'm between the Phils and the, the Padres here. Um, I'm going to go with the Phillies, honestly. All right. Um, I think that lineup's really good. Um, I think their pitching is going to be okay. I think it will be survivable. Um
1: it's i just, all about for that the bullpen and it really and, is all about that bullpen for the phillies, you know so.
0: I'll, I'll go with the phillies and you know i think we'll end up talking about the padres off air a little bit before but uh yeah you know i know no one's watching probably at this point so
1: um oh, we'll, maybe our most we might have some loyal fans out there super fans
0: i hope so but um you know we'll we'll talk more mlb obviously next week with opening day coming up and uh yeah, I mean, we'll, I'm going to wrap this one up here so it doesn't go too long. Thank you guys so much for watching. Um, if you haven't already, please like, comment, and subscribe. Uh, follow us both on our social medias. Uh, that'll be in the description. Follow us on our podcast, Instagram, and Outside the Arena podcast, Apple Podcast, and Spotify at Outside the Arena. And yeah, with that, thanks for watching, and uh, we'll see you all next week.